Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and uh, welcome to another episode of uh, I'm Right, and he's Rob. And uh, we always start the show uh, with uh, omissions, uh, uh, apologies, uh, con- con- uh, contritions uh, of what we missed in in last contrition's episode. Contrition's a word. Yeah, yeah. The act of contrition, Rob. Contrition. You never okay. went to Sunday school. Okay, whatever. It's where you. It's where you beg for forgiveness. The act of contrition is part of the sacrament of uh, of uh, uh, what is that called now? Confession. Yeah. Oh. You confess okay. and you confess and then you do your act of contrition. Which is your uh, uh, punishment, your your thing that you're doing to uh, get back in the good graces of uh, of the Lord. Anyway, thanks, thanks for uh, tuning in to our first episode of Monty Catechizes <laughs> Rob. <laughs> so, Sorry, it's all right. It's the story of two guys who are no longer Catholic talking Catholic stuff. Um, all right. So uh, last uh, episode was uh, influential movies of the '80s. It was another uh, list show. Uh, I think we did pretty good. I I don't remember any. I don't remember thinking afterwards. Oh my God, here's a movie that really influenced my life there, so much more from the '80s. There were probably we were. movies missed, but yeah, I do not. Uh, nothing came to mind making me think. We we did not talk about Monster Squad. Obviously, that's a huge one in my life. Um, but I think maybe it just doesn't make the cut. I don't know. I mean, Wolfman's got Nards. I didn't know that until I Monsters guess it's kind of Goonies. Goonies. We didn't did we talk mention? about the Goonies, and that's probably omission that, of the highest order. Yeah, that was pretty. That, well, well, you said Monster Squad, and I immediately went to the better Monster Squad, which is you know, yeah, and Sandlot. Oh, Sandlot did nothing for me. Fuck the Sandlot. Oh, it's about shit, I love Sandlot. Yeah, because you like but baseball. It's not, but it wasn't a, an influential movie. But, you know, it could have been on a... Johnny the Jet Rodriguez, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't... I, I don't I, I also, like, you know, honestly, I don't think I talked uh, enough about, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, I don't think I talked enough about uh, even uh, even uh, Last Crusade, I think. Was that still in the 80s? Last Crusade, Last Crusade was right after Return of the Jedi, so I believe it was like an 86, no. Last Crusade was not right after Return of the Jedi. Well, not right after, but like maybe two after. years after. Two years after is what I'm, I'm going to shoot is, for. Yeah, next episode, the, the apologies and contritions will be about fucking this exactly thing up. I'm saying two years. I'm guessing uh-huh. two years. I'm looking up Last Crusade right now on the web. Uh, Jedi was 83. It was 89. Was oh, wow. That was late 80s. Punk. Okay. I told you. I told you. I knew I was older than that. Um, wow. It's, same yeah. same year as Batman. Awesome. All right. Really? Um, yeah. 
yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, it's all crazy. Also, come to think about it, there's some other great uh, movies in there that I I didn't bring up that probably had a huge effect on me as a person too. But but that's fine. I was thinking of one and then I got sidetracked and didn't come up with it again. So I, I guess it didn't matter. Planes, trains, and automobiles. It's not. It's only because of Eddie Murphy Raw. Um, I mean, there's countless of, uh, movies with boobs in them that I was really excited about and had a very, very, we should do, uh, we should do, a uh, an episode of our favorite TNA episode movies that we had to sneak and watch when we were kids. Like, like Porky's and, uh, what was the, uh, Cinderella movie? That you guys told me about um, it was on Cinemag. I can't. No, re- I never find it. Yeah, I never with this. Yeah, no. I'm not. I'm not. The red snapper. I'm not. <laughs> I am not. Oh, I can't even believe you said that, dumbass. I am not committing. I never saw it. I'm yeah, not I committing. I am not committing that. to recorded material that could be played back at another time. Any discussion of <laughs> the gross softcore porn that I watched as a child. Okay. Jesus H. I never did get to see it. But I looked for it. I won't lie. I did look for it. God. Rob's all over there. Well, I'm old enough now. I should be able to find Emmanuel Goes to Costa Rica. I should be able to find the Emmanuel movies. Um, Goodness gracious. Uh, Should we just start this goddamn thing? Let's start. Blame it on Rio. No, go on. God, Jesus Christ. Mm. All right. Oh, I was thinking the James Bond movies. I love James Bond. They were in the 80s. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Octopussy so being number one, probably most influential one because uh, it made me laugh and I loved it. Anyway, there you go. And finally, we're on to uh, this episode. Uh, my name is uh, Monty Ike. This is I'm Right and he's Rob. And uh, let me introduce my co-host. He's the uh, phone booth to my Klingon Bird of Prey, the T-800 to my H.G. Wells. He's the DeLorean. To my TARDIS, he's my best friend, Rob Bloom. Rob, thanks for uh, uh, you being took on the my show. wind out of my sails. I was going to throw something in there about a TARDIS as well. Yeah, well, I. I guess I'll have to play the time game and come back later. Right. With a very- <laughs> <laughs> Rob, why don't you tell them what we're uh, what we're talking about tonight? I'm sure tonight, they guessed it. We are guess we are discussing if time travel used as a storing telling device specifically in movies but we can probably make other references is it a cop-out or is it a strong tool used for telling a story right so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it first i'm gonna go first this time okay my position is that time travel is not only a very strong storytelling device but it's a storytelling device that has been used for literally thousands of years, okay? Uh, in, 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 Hindu, uh, in Hindu texts uh, going about uh, in myths and in, in Hindu mythology, there is uh, the Maharabharata, which mentions the story of King uh, Rayavata Kakudimi, who travels to heaven to meet the creator, and is surprised to learn when he returns to the earth, many ages have passed. It's a, it's a, uh, a the first recorded time travel story. So he basically I did not know that existed. That is very interesting. He he leaves this plane of existence, and when he comes back, he's far flung into the future, and he uh, he the rest of the story is how he deals with 
the fact that he has tra- traveled uh, forwards in time. Would now, you say that Rip Van Winkle is a time travel story? Uh, you know, I I think that one's probably not because here's why. Yes, from his his mental perspective, it's a time travel per story, but Rip Van Winkle wakes up very old. So he didn't travel through time. He just slept through it. You know what I mean? Okay. He didn't, he, he existed in that, in that time. He just wasn't a conscious for it. I, so honestly, I, like wasn't, a, I wouldn't have said that it was either, but there was something in the way you described this Hindu story that made me think of it. Right. So I was like, Oh, I right. Hear- so, so for instance, uh, in Aliens, when Ripley and her crewmates come out of cryo sleep, that's not a time travel. That's not a time travel story because although many many years have passed and her daughter has grown up, um, that's fair. That's she, a fair. She was still part of that time stream. She never left the time stream. In this one, he leaves the time stream to go talk to his creator, and then when he returns back to the time stream, something has happened. I, I think most modern people look at H.G. Wells. Uh, the time, uh, the time machine, as the first modern time machine or time travel story. Definitely the first science fiction type. Right. Well, it invents the idea of a time machine. That 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 yeah. phrase doesn't exist until he invents it. Um, and uh, and in that he was able to go backwards in time and forwards in time. And he he describes it as being in a bubble where time is passing in a linear fashion, both forwards and backwards around him. Right. So, so basically, he witnesses things in reverse, like the house being uh, dismantled around him, um, you know, but at very high speed, like he's watching fast forward in reverse things happening. Uh, and of course, the real exciting part of that is when he goes far flung into the future and meets the Morlocks and goes into the Morlocks tunnels and stuff like that. The thing that I kind of felt like, not to jump into your discussion no, go ahead. here, but was it felt like not only was it a time travel it was also a moving through space as in location i well yeah so a lot of them do yeah in that movie they kind of they they show him just sitting there but i still feel like okay he just happens to be in these important places every time he goes forward that right well so here's the thing like uh that's a funny part because of (laughs) Because of the limited amount of science involved in H.G. Wells' time machine, honestly, if you you know were to actually travel in time forward, if you don't get the exact precise time frame correct, you are out in empty space because the Earth is moving around and it's actually traveling, right? So all there's a conceit in most time travel, which is that they never leave their physical location. They only travel through time, but are somehow miraculously, no matter where they go, placed on Earth's orbit right at that time. The DeLorean in, 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 in Back to the Future never talks about the fact that you have to not only go to a certain time, but you have to then spatially astrophysic in astrophysics. Because not only is the Earth moving around the sun when you think about it, the sun is moving around the uh, galaxy. The Earth the is not in the exact same place that it will you are at. It never yeah. be in the exact same pace. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Because it is revolving around the sun, which is being revolving around the center of the Milky Way, which is being pushed out from galaxy core, uh, our universe core to the edges, the Earth is never physically in the same space. Well, so but, and the, then you go to extremes like what even cartoons do, where it's like, well, I'm going to Bastille, France on Bastille Day. Right. And 
I'm in an Even exact though in America, location. Like, yeah, yeah, So yeah. you get that extreme as well. Well, but. so that's why the TARDIS is time and relative dimension in space, meaning and, that it moves both physically from one point to another point and from in time from a point to another point. Um, I think, and I don't have a problem with the science. That's because like, like it's storytelling, and sometimes we don't have the exact science, and I'm cool with that. That's that's a flub. I don't go well. That'll never you know, well. Neither is time travel very possible. But anyway, I mean, you know, general continue relative, with your your uh, discussion. General relativity tells me that it might be possible at some point. So okay, so uh, now we've got. Um, you went from Hindu. We kind of jumped around with yeah, yeah. H.G. Um, Wells, and then we get into the Wells. modern science fiction, right? And uh, I think one of the one of the earliest uh, television things to deal with time travel on a mass scale is the backdoor pilot for uh, for uh, what was it Operation Earth or Codename Earth or whatever it is. It's the Oh, it's I don't the, know what you're talking about. I'm talking about the episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation where. Oh, okay. uh, Kirk and his crew travel back in time to Earth to put uh, Gary Seven, uh, a powerful alien uh, time person who's there to make sure Earth doesn't go into uh, nuclear, uh, doesn't lose itself to nuclear war. Terry Gar's in that. Uh, but in that episode, uh, you know, there that's the part where the... Uh, they get captured by uh, the Air Force, the United States Air Force, and are taken to Omaha. They see the Enterprise, like there's two fighter jets that see the Enterprise up in high orbit, which is funny to me as well. There's some crazy stuff. Also, uh, Star Trek also did the um, the time t- uh, the time portal episode, um, which had a great great story about how uh, Spock realizes that this gal. Uh, was supposed to die, but Kirk saves her. And because she lives, horrible things start happening further on into the time stream. Mm-hmm. So that's one of those first earliest conceits of if you change something in the past, it affects the future in multiple, like it, the butterfly, the butterfly effect. effect, right? So that was one of the first uh, pop culture things to really explore the butterfly effect and give you... The, it was. That was the first time that really. I, it's not the first. I'm not going to say it's the first because I don't know if it's the first, but okay. it is one of the first because we're talking about barely color television. Rob. Sure. So, uh, but what it is is it gives you a first kind of glimpse of, at least in my thoughts, mass. Uh, a lot of people talking about it and thinking about it. The the moral conundrum of, do you let one person die? in order to save the future or possible future, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you uh, save that person because one every life is precious or whatever? So it's it's kind of that idea of, you, you know, that, that philo- philosophical conundrum of you have a train. Do you go back and kill Hitler, baby? Well, I, I, no, I'm not talking about this. So let's say that you're, 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 you're set down on a train track, right? And there's a switch in front of you. And mm-hmm. in front uh, uh, of this track, if it keeps going forward, um, it will go off a cliff and everyone on the train is going to die. Mm-hmm. Or if you throw the switch, someone that you know is tied up on it and they will die, but everyone else will live. What do you do? Do you sacrifice hundreds of people that you don't know or do you save the one person that you do? 
Hmm. Right? Which is more important? Which is the more moral uh, thing? And so that was that was the, that's part of that thing. Do you let a person that they know, like she she they they save her inadvertently and then they find out how important she is that she dies and therefore uh uh they they unfortunately get to know her and then they have to set it right they have to have things happen it's a great conundrum and mm-hmm. i those kind of storylines i think are really it's that in that instance time travel allows you to explore some of those moral things it's not all fun and games like oh you have your dad stand up to Biff and then suddenly everything in your life is much fucking better, right? It's more of like time travel comes with a horrible cost most of the time. Well, and, and that's kind of where my angle is going to be. And it's where I think it's almost at a point where it's been abused. When you think things like time cop where I feel like some of these rules are just thrown together willy-nilly. Or I, I think a really good example is the 12 monkeys where it's a very interesting story, but it seems so convoluted in the way that it's doing this time travel, nonlinear storytelling. That's really confusing. And I personally love the time heist from Endgame, And we were talking a little bit about what happened in uh, star Trek four, which you, kind of said it's also in its own way a time heist. They have to go back. They have to push certain dominoes and bring something back in order. And yeah, we don't want to give any... Well, that's the plot. We don't want to give any uh, Star spoilers. Trek yeah, spoilers. It's the one with the whales. <laughs> the one with the whales. Um, but when it seems to be used as a get-out-of-jail-free card, um, and I feel like that's the way it is in 12 Monkeys... Or kind of in the X-Men Days of Futures past, uh, even though I know they're building off of the the comic book story, which is all about going back, going into the future and seeing that if X, Y, and Z doesn't happen, uh, then the mutants won't be wiped out or they won't be enslaved. Well, they kind of do it in reverse in the movie where it's, we're in the future and if Charles can go back and our in this Wolverine. case, it was Wolverine, um, go back Kidding. and and prevent something. It felt. Oh, what's what am I looking for? It just feels. It it it's what Endgame brings up, where it's like, well, if this happens, then this 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 and this don't happen, and then how do you have? How do you have? Things without a butterfly effect, I should right. say. And um, it's very sticky is what I find the problem to be. And uh, here's, a, here's a comic book example that I think is really well. Um, in the Cable books right now, uh, Cable has died for, I want to say, the third or fourth time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he was killed by his younger self. Now you say what now, whom? Uh, let's, let's just say like the cable you've known, I'm just, I'm throwing out a number. I so don't it's know a, it's a fact. looper. Let's, let's, let's say that the cable, you know, and love and have been reading in the comics for the last 35 years or so is let's say he's 70 years old. Uh-huh. Um, for those who don't know the story, cable was a baby, uh, 
uh, the clone of Jean Grey and Scott sent Please to the future. Do, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do not do not tell the story of Cable. We do not have time for this, guys. He's just been time travel. Okay. Just, okay. Yeah, so, I know. Just Google. Okay. He, he comes from the future. Story, yes. But he comes from the present, sent to the future, where he's aged, where he comes back to the past. And he's now older than his father. Correct. So he's now, and we'll say, we'll say he's 70 years old. Right. Well, his younger self in the future, who is about 35, feels that his older self failed. So 35-year-old Cable comes back in time and kills 70-year-old Cable and then takes his place. Right. And it just gets so sticky. And comics are notorious for time travel. And it really, and sometimes it can be great. But when you have so many time travel stories going on, it feels like it starts being so convoluted and confusing. And you have, you have the X-Men from, from the original class. Yeah, that's a stupid storyline. I don't care what you and Tracy say. That is... <laughs> That made an already confusing motherfucking uh, universe of characters that you much know how more it confusing. Ended? Do you know how it ended? They all went back to the place where they were taken from, and their memories were wiped. And of then, of course, they were. And then at that moment, and then that's when Bobby was like, "Oh, I'm not gay anymore." <laughs> and then at that moment, their present selves remembered everything. So goddamn. I didn't read it. This is what Tracy told me, and it sounded very interesting. But I'm I'm not giving a thumbs up or down. Sounded interesting. But that's but you understand that's where I know Tracy doesn't listen to this show, but that's just dumb. I'm sorry. That's like a weird. That's but that's where time travel can be, and characters like and Cable's one of my all time favorite characters. But But so basically, right now, Cable's story is a Mobius strip, right? its own weird way yes yeah but if you go by x-men or x-men if you go by avengers endgame rules each timeline is its own or each well, no no and i believe that look if you look at the 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 reboot of star trek they explain that pretty pretty carefully uh, uh now, re- oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean the kelvin They're abrams, abrams yeah, yeah the abrams yeah. universe is a separate and complete timeline what happens in the abrams universe does not affect star trek the next generation does not affect Picard even all of that stuff still happens and what's really delicate and in, in, in fun in Star Trek look Star Trek Discovery goes into time travel that's we we start the next season in in, in the 30th century we go even okay. farther than than next generation in the next so they're doing they're doing time travel stuff but they're doing time travel stuff I think in order to free themselves from the bounds of of what is written in Star Trek uh, canon right now and having too many of the nerds go, but that's not how, how is that happening? And how is you know, the... I don't want Star Wars to ever touch time travel. I'm really afraid okay. that it could. And if, I think if, it would if be they do, really... if, if Star if Star Wars touches time travel, then it becomes Star Trek. It's not going to do that. Star Trek, for not. the most part, has been time based yeah. in so many of its stuff. It, it, I, they can't I escape think it's it. An but that's because it's also. It's also had time travel from its earliest beginnings. But sure. look, look, here. there's some interesting things. Uh, they take the first class of the X-Men and they show them the modern world. That's an interesting storyline. What I didn't like about it is they let that last for seven years. And that's ridiculous. 
I think it wasn't intended to do go that. I think it was successful. Yeah, and, and they're like, ching, ching, ching. Yeah. I think that's what happened. See, that's uh, I think there there's some things that get all screwy and wonky. The thing about your rules are is this. Because we don't really know, you said you said that it gets abused and there's too many weird rules, and you look at Time Cop and some of these other things. But here's my deal on that. Um, here's what I like about having rules about time travel, and we won't get into Legends of Tomorrow or anything else like that. But the rules are there is because oh. you, you have to have some sort of semblance because because time travel is not a real science and it's all theoretical and we don't know. And there's so many subjectively almost poetic ways of understanding how time works. Like no, nobody looks at time, the, the real general relativity stuff, the way astrophysics uh, physicists and, uh, and, and great um, uh, physics uh, folks look at time they don't they, we we as a people don't look at time the way the way they look at it where time is a fluctuating constant but it is still always flowing in one direction right um maybe slowing down maybe having different speeds depending on gravity we don't think of time like that so we have to have these things like for instance in turtles through time the rpg book right they described mm -hmm. time as being a tight coiled um hose and you could time travel by puncturing the walls of the that stream and leaping yeah. ahead or whatever right um th that's how they describe time travel and there, there's just different ways of thinking about it famously the doctor says time is wibbly it's all really wibbly wobbly timey and i think that's actually the best way to put it and it's probably that way too but the reason why rules are there is because if i just said oh i'm gonna have this time travel movie but i don't have any real rules about how time travel works then I can do anything I want. So the good storytelling actually comes out of good rules. If you have lax rules, aka your Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, then then you don't you can do anything you want. But that's a comedy, to... just like like because they like I know it's a Lego... comedy, but it's it's still it, it's still a, a, an example of a plot that sure. we both know that doesn't sure. have any time. But like Lego Two movie where you meet yourself, you meet your older self, and you don't know it's you. Um... Or Looper, right? Isn't the movie? I Looper never saw Looper, so I can't. So, I can't. so Looper's basic premise is there's people in the present that are that just wait, and people in the in the future get sent back in time where they're killed. Right? Huh. They're killed. Yeah. They're killed by their previous self, so that there's no evidence, and they can get away with it. That's the premise of Looper, and the. If you want me to ruin the whole, you, you've never go ahead. I know it's, it's what seven years old yeah, now. And... Yeah, the premise of it is that uh, a guy is set there to kill his own future self, but realizes, like, like the 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 future self realizes it's him, and like stops the process, and then but then the whole thing of explaining you know, why it's a loop. I gotcha. Right, he, that's why they're loopers. They they gotcha. loop back and are killed then. As opposed to now. Well, okay, so let's jump to like Terminator, who the entire series is based upon a time travel premise. Yes. That somebody is sent back, or uh, evil robots are sent back in time to kill the person that becomes the messiah of humanity against these robots. Right. Would you say that's that? That so, is exactly the plot of Terminator 1. Yes. And. They're sent back to kill his mother to prevent her from having. Why not kill her when she's a baby? Or why not kill 
it, it just well okay here's the thing here's the I reason love why the Terminator they... series so it's like i'm not trying to poo right poo it. Here, here's the thing i think here's the thing i think the reason why the terminator the t-800 is sent to that exact time in los angeles is this it is the last really good evidence of when sarah connor's was on the grid okay so let's think about this in the way the way you have to get this right is by thinking at the end at the end of the movie, Sarah Connors goes completely off the grid, goes into the desert to prepare for Judgment Day. Yeah. So no longer does Skynet have accurate computer records of where Sarah Connor is, except her last known address was in uh, Los Angeles, right? But they have three records of Sarah Connor. The whole phone book thing is a little wanky, but for its time, it made sense. For the time, it by made modern sense. settings, it doesn't. But. That that robot should already have had those last three uh, addresses digitally. But it knows that she's in the Los Angeles area, so that's where they target. That's where they send her, and they send it to that time because it's the last known time Sarah Connors is right. But that's only because at the end of it. She goes off the grid because she knows that robots in the future are looking for her. So she no longer has anything yeah. to do with uh, robots, so they can't pinpoint her. But that's why. And the reason why you can't go any farther than that is, is because records in the 80s were still a little shaky. Like if that movie was set right now, oh, my God, you know, the, the, the at least the last 15 years of addresses for me, you could target me any time in the last 15 years. Yeah. They're all you could Google that and find where I used to live in the last 15 years. So what I think is the thing is it's probability. So the, the computer looks at known addresses for Sarah Connor and then has to plot out the most probable time. So they figure the most probable time and place is, is LA at that time. And I also don't think the time travel in the Terminator movies is very precise. They don't, they can't send him directly to an address. They even can't. I don't think they can. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think they can send him directly even to a specific year or or, or you know into a specific day of the year. He spe- he just gets launched into kind of the same time. A generality, right? Yeah. And I think when uh, when his uh, and I can't remember the character's name. What's his father's actual name? I don't remember. Anyway. When his uh, when the when the guy when the guy gets sent there, it's because he literally jumps through the time. It's supposed to be that he literally jumped through the time machine right afterwards. So it's like when the DeLorean already has everything plotted out and it just goes in the same course. Mm-hmm. He spit out at the roughly the same time and roughly the same place. Well, I'm going to give you one example of where it, it, it time travel completely annoys me and I think is is a real kind of poor use at the end in the end credit scene of Deadpool two, when a major plot device, uh, like his, his, his love interest is killed at the beginning of yes. the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And so then and as then the credits are rolling, away. yeah, as the credits are rolling, he gets the time watch and then jumps and does a bunch of funny things. But before he does, he saves his girlfriend. And we later learn that that is now canon, that she is saved, even though it was like a post-credit scene. Yeah. So and the entire movie doesn't work. Or the entire yeah. movie is, is useless. The reason for the movie is is uh, alleviated. And right. We still ex- experience that, right? That plot still happened and it was fun. Uh-huh. Just in the general plot, that doesn't happen except in Deadpool's life. Yeah. So from Deadpool as a character, he went through all of those things and all of those things are real. 
But for the overall universe of Deadpool, no, he jumped back in time and erased that stuff for happening. But How here's the thing about, about that. Here's go, the thing about ahead, that. Sorry. He he erases that stuff from happening. Do we see him kill the person who ordered the hit on him in the first place and that post credit scene? Or is no. the main villain of Deadpool 2 now still alive and unknowingly doesn't know that Deadpool knows that he's trying to kill him? I mean, that's, the, that's the crazy thing about it is, is yeah. he stops the assassination attempt on, on himself and that would, that gets his girlfriend killed. But yeah. the main villain of the movie, is he now tipped off that Deadpool is onto him? Does he go into hiding? Does yeah, Deadpool actually stop that guy from doing horrible well, things? Well, he also kills Ryan Reynolds as he's taking the script for Green Lantern. So, right. Um, Which is a joke, and it's I, hilarious. Uh, you won't. I love how you won't let me call out. <laughs> Call out Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, but you're like, I let love me Bill use and a dead bogus journey. Let me bogus use a Deadpool reference because that's all. Yeah. That's not a bogus comedy. journey. Is the best where I love the whole. Well, we're gonna play the time game, and I'm gonna after we win, I'm gonna go and put a key right here, and yes, boom, there's a key right there. No, and I love that scene where they say, "Oh, we so just have stupid. to remember. Uh, we just have to remember to do all these things and replace them." Is it's. It's comedy gold. It is. It is. And then the other one going, well, I can play the time game too. And they keep doing it back and forth, but only the real winner can. I think yeah. it's, it's brilliant and stupid as hell, but yeah. I, I agree with you. But again, they're, they're using, at least they are using a, some semblance of rule, which is that they in here right now, as long as they remember those things, and those are crucial things. And that's almost like Endgame. They have in, to go. Yeah, they just have to pop they, in yeah. and add these things to it. Okay. Um, I think that I, makes I got for one, a, a, a still. Makes I, I got one I don't story. want to forget though. Okay. Um, yeah, honestly, I like a lot of time travel stories, and this is a this had turned. It started like, oh, I know a bunch, and then as I got into them, going, no, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. So it's like it's a difficult one to argue. But what about Flashpoint in the DC universe? Okay. How do you feel about that? Where first the story is uh, Barry's parent mother was killed when yeah. he was a child, and he goes back and prevents her death, right. causing the butterfly effect where everything in the DC universe changes and it goes to a very dark place. Yeah. So he then realizes he has to reverse this, reverses it, but everything is the same but just a little different because he didn't quite – Get, get it, it right. back to where it was. Yeah. Uh, so Flashpoint, I didn't read all of it, but I know enough about it. So I think that's an interesting story, though. I, I think that using time in that way, in a very selfish way, and then it comes back to haunt him so severely. That his mother had to die. His mother has to die. Again, that's that moral choice where he has to allow someone that he loves to die in order for everyone else to be safe. I think that's a really compelling plot. And I think that's a really good way of showing somebody who's arguably one of the most powerful people in the universe. Uh, Barry Allen has the fucking speed force. He can he literally ran back in time. And he really something. can run back in time. So literally there's nothing that can hurt this guy. Uh, he is more powerful probably than Superman. If we get right down to it. Okay. So yeah. here you have a God, Right. And all he wants to do is use his godlike powers to get the one thing that he misses the most, which is his mother. The thing that causes him the most pain. 
the psychological trauma of losing his mom, is the only thing that hurts this god. So he uses his immense powers to change that one thing. And then when he comes back, he sees the wholesale devastation his selfishness had on the rest of the timeline. I think that's a great thing. If you want to create the idea of a overarching uh, supreme being in the DC universe, Flashpoint points to a supreme being that humbles and teaches the godlike denizens of, of of the universe that they can't abuse their powers. Because every time someone uses their powers um, in in a very selfish way, uh, then comeuppance happens. And I know that's because they're in a fictional universe and because we want the good guys to win, but that's exactly kind of what it is. What, what I always had a problem with was it wasn't... It was flat out not explained as to how... How everything changes? Well, no, no. I guess more, why why is saving his mother the domino that prevents... Right, yes. That's what I would like to know. I will will give you that. I don't understand why Nora... That's such a giant leap. Nora Allen survives and somehow only Bruce Wayne gets killed that night doesn't make any fucking sense yeah it's like what is the connection there is the butterfly effect in that point then just a a release of time-changing energy and that's that it doesn't necessarily have to be one thing it's just it releases this immense amount of energy superman is then not raised by the kents he is found by scientists who then lock him up and he is depowered and basically kept in a hole and experimented on. Um, Diana and um, uh, Aquaman. Aquaman Never almost good. marry, but then there's some, you know, Game of Thrones espionage behind the scene type things, and, and they end up the, going. What the fuck forward. is that all about? I don't understand that on a on a, on one level because. Aquaman is a, a half breed. I mean, his whole origin story is that he's not. He's not from one or the other. I just watched Aquaman, so this is fresh in my mind. But, I mean, Arthur wasn't raised in Atlantis, right? He was raised by his father at a lighthouse. Is that not correct? Is that as his origin story? In this story, it didn't seem like that was the case. That's the, Again, that's where it's like, well, why was he? Why is he called Arthur then? Yeah. I... And by the way, I just realized that he's King Arthur of Atlantis, and that's stupid. You um, never know. I've oh, when, never made that when connection. Kingdom Come, when they did Kingdom Come, they made him look very King arthur and that was something they kept pointing out. Super dumb. Super fucking I like it. Super dumb. Um, I don't know. I, to me, though, I think that, yeah, that I get that that doesn't make sense, Rob. I, I get that it, it doesn't make sense. But does the, the that's story... That's more storytelling than... Yeah, our, see, I mean, that's that's just a... Just a what it's doing is it's using time travel as a way of looking at this mirror darkly. And they could have done the same thing by saying it's an alternate universe. Yeah. And here's a, here's a universe where everything that could go wrong went wrong. Everything that you think of as happenstance where it created these heroes, the exact opposite happened and what would happen at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not, it's not Bruce Wayne losing his parents and then vowing at eight years old to clean up Gotham. It's a man and a woman dealing with the death of their son in totally different ways. Right. It's, it's a, it, you know, it's Arthur being not of the, the, the sea and the land, but being just of the sea and being that thing. And, and 
it's Citizen Cold, where I think that was actually one of the better moves, where uh, Captain Cold becomes a hero instead of a villain. Yeah, I think that's a great move. It's like it's just basically saying, hey, this is opposite day. They could have called that DC's opposite day. And, and would have been fine, too. But it, I think that's a better storyline, too, than just the classic, oh, everyone that you know is good is now evil now, the syndicate of crime or whatever. Sure. I think that's more of a cop-out. It's more of a one-sided thing than, than Flashpoint. I think Flashpoint was uh, at least a little more creative way of, of working those things and working those different angles, taking, taking batman and making him a vengeful man as opposed to an idealistic boy who wants to say like he's not he's not saving people he's punishing people it's it's the frank castle right you know yeah absolutely that's what he became absolutely so so to me and he used guns and he used guns because he didn't care he didn't have enough time to raise himself from eight to, to to 30 to become a perfect human weapon and learn all those things. He didn't have time. He just picked up a gun and started shooting people because that's the easiest thing to do in America. Um, so I don't know, man. I To me, I know that there are bad. I know that there are bad. I know there are bad. There are bad movies of any kind. And I know mm-hmm. there are bad cop-out ways of using time travel. There's, uh, you know, that you get into some ridic- ridiculous things. I think, look, even Orville has done a couple of episodes with time travel in it. And even them, them uh, have been interesting. Have you seen the time travel? Episodes I've never of the seen any episode of Orville. Oh, geez. That's weird. Considering that you still enjoy family guy. No, uh, no, no, I do not. I haven't watched family guy in a long okay. time. I look, the Orville has some problems first and foremost with his ability to act, but it's got some good stuff in there as well. Especially when they stop trying to be a sitcom and actually just try to be Star Trek, they work out great. That's that's what I've heard. That yeah. it's it's actually a very good sci-fi show. It's, it's a very good sci-fi show, but uh, they they actually dealt with time travel in the last season, and uh, it was uh, a little bit fucking crazy. They 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 dealt with some things and some horrible consequences because of those minor things. Um, and they, I think, what was great about it is. They tried to do uh, a thing where you expect you expect the same sort of lazy cop out writing, and then they did a little twist at the end. Oh, we're gonna uh, wipe her memories and send her back, and then the wipe didn't work, and the first thing she does is change the fundamental thing that she needs to, and then suddenly uh, all of the future is fucked, just absolutely capital A F fucked. And it's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in my uh, mind, that isn't—that's not lazy writing. That was good. I think that's a good storyline, and it's a good way of saying, "Look how fucked up time travel can be." Um, so I don't uh, know. The, I forget what it was called. Live, die, repeat. The, the. Um... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the time loop one with with uh, that's actually the name of it in other countries. Tom Cruise. I love that movie, actually. It's and a great I movie. I surprisingly love that movie. I expected to hate it, and I remember just thinking, it's kind of like uh, Groundhog Day in, like, a sci-fi action Yes, setting. it's, yeah, because, well, because it's, it is exactly a time loop. There's also um, Russian Doll, which is a new, like, on Netflix. Have you ever seen that? 
It it uh, also is about a time loop. It's a person oh, who. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Jenny tried to get me in on that. We started it and we got I got sidetracked. I totally yeah. forgot about so that. So it's it's Where, all and about it's taking different routes and yes, and and it's about that. See, I think that can be really really interesting. I think I mean, look, Groundhog Day is literally about a person becoming a better person by spending what some people estimate to be nearly 30,000 years stuck in a time loop until Is that he what they a, said 30,000 years if you if you look through there are people who are like okay we only see some of the days right if you look at all of the days that are in there there's a certain number but what one person has done is say okay how long does the average person take before they learn from learning their first lesson in piano to where they become a virtuoso or like a or professional professional concert grade pianist hmm right uh bill murray's character phil takes piano lessons and if that's the only thing he's doing all those days it would take him x number of years in order to complete that if he only does the things i think he also learns a language in there he does all these different things and if you take it as him doing those things for x number of hours a day for x number of days how long is that and adding them up and i think there's one person that says that he he could easily be into thousands of years that he's stuck in that time loop. Well, how about Inter- Interstellar? Uh, is that one that Interstellar is to me? It uses the 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 freak. So Interstellar isn't science fiction. It's trying really hard to be like, look, we do. Edge not of understand. Tomorrow. That was the name of the movie. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Up. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Uh, Interstellar is one of those. First of all, I didn't like Interstellar as much as everyone else. I didn't either, actually. I, th- I found it confusing. <laughs> I yeah. I, my thing is, it was in my opinion sometimes boring, and I think they yeah. thought they were making it much more um, uh, intense than they were letting it out to be. I, I the the thing I like about Interstellar is it says, look. Everything that we know about time travel is a guess, but we know it's not as cute as you think it is. You get near black holes, you go into the event horizon, you do these things, and we don't know how time is going to react. And one of the things I liked about Interstellar is it's the idea that the mind at some point has to construct a reality around the absence of reality that happens when we're outside of time. Right? So that whole thing about the bookshelves is his mind creating a reality in which to uh, exist in in the absence of real reality and and people talk about that it's crazy when you get to the point where physicists are like look at some point reality as we know it will break down because you'll be outside of the time stream outside of the known universe outside of these things and we don't know how reality is going to work and then you become a philosopher and then you say, what is reality if it's not what our mind is constructing out of the stimuli that we're getting? Yeah. You know? And I, I will uh, say so, that that part of it was fun for me. But overall, that movie was a little bit of a letdown. Um, it could have used more of Anne Hathaway and less clothes. Here is another uh, time. That was sexist, and I'm sorry, but I just okay. really find her attractive. The, uh, the final countdown, the Philadelphia Experiment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's with the is that the know. one that's the one with the hold on uh, is that the one where the USS Nimitz the nuclear powered submarine goes that is back correct. Yep. yeah that's a and again that's a great conundrum isn't it 
we yes. could wipe out all of Japan and save. We we could wipe out Japan. We could stop Pearl and Harbor. Sail to fucking Europe and stop the Holocaust in a day. Mm-hmm. But should we? Yeah. Right. See, see, Rob. I again, I will say yes. There are some cop outs in time travel stories. I think Star Trek is the biggest source of these cop outs. I think even even Doctor Who does some t- cop out episodes. I do think that Deadpool is a bit of a cop out at the end because there's no real punishment. But then again, that's Deadpool. Um, but I do think all of these have very interesting plot stories in tied in. It lists uh, Flight of the Navigator. Um, I don't remember the time travel in Flight of the Navigator. I I don't remember. He comes it. back. He comes back in time is he he's experienced time in a different flow. Okay, uh, Donnie Darko. I remember the time travel in that. It's, a it's loop. kind of a it's, it's a, a loop. loop. Yeah. It's a loop. Um, Predestination. I don't even remember this movie. Um, Army of Darkness was going to be one I actually threw out. That it's it's definitely, a, but it's it's a it's a comedic tool in this case where you know he's a man out of time. Well, and see, into. he doesn't go back necessarily, does he? I can't remember. He goes backwards, and yeah, he does at the very end. He goes back to Smart. That's right. I run, think that's a lot run. like H.G. Wells is though. He goes somewhere and then he comes back, but he doesn't really affect anything. Yeah. Um, uh, run, Lola, Run is on this list, which I think is, that's an excellent movie. Um, oh, a temporal agent Ethan Hawke embarks on a final time-traveling assignment to prevent an elusive criminal from launching an attack that kills thousands of people. Huh. Doctor Strange of, is listed in this, too. Yes, it has time travel. Yeah. Is it time travel or is it more he's... Time manipulation. He, he yeah. manipulates time, I think. Now, I yeah. will also say one of the things I liked about Endgame is that idea of you're not putting uh, Ant-Man through time, you're putting time through Ant-Man. I thought that was one of my favorite lines in there, and it's also something that I've always liked. Uh, and it comes, again, from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Travels Through Time, that supplement of the RPG game. Um, because in that, you could become... You, you, you could take a, a, a dinosaur and you could bring it into the present. And the idea is the overwhelming force of time would evolve that dinosaur into a fully evolved humanoid. That's uh, how you would get mutants uh, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Um, but it also talked about how if you took a regular person and flung them way into the future, they would morph into one of these floating brain things with psychic powers and stuff. Because the idea of there's an overwhelming force of time, and when you're displaced in time, uh, if you're there displaced in time long enough, time goes through you and 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 evolves you or devolves you and all that other stuff Um, this has planet of the apes on the list and i don't know if i would call that a time travel even when you think of the setting that the movie was in it do you um yeah he goes through a he experiences he goes through a black hole we're talking about charlton heston right charlton heston yeah. yeah he goes through something in space remember and then he lands on a planet that's radically changed. That's because time changed. The the world of Earth changed while he was in that spaceship. He went through some sort so of phenomenon. So theoretically, he went into the future. Is what he it f- was flung far, far into the future out of time. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's got Time Bandits on here, which is a great movie. Um, I don't remember Primer. And Back to the Future is it's is the number one they say the, for time travel movies. Yeah, so so there you go. 
I mean, you know, like I said. I, I well, I, it, I, I concede you win this argument because I went into it thinking I was going to find a bunch of movies that I hated. And uh, it was seemed like the more I looked into it, the more I'm like, no, I like the way time's used here. No, I like the way time's used here. No, I like more often than not. I found that I found the time travel enjoyable. And Here, here's one. Here's one that I, I, I didn't bring out. But I actually kind that like I feel like I feel like Star Trek Voyager and especially the Star Trek television shows of the late '90s use time travel in very cop out ways. But one of the ways that I really enjoyed is at the end of Star Trek Voyager. Do you remember the last thing of Star Trek Voyager? I don't. I don't. Admiral Janeway or Janeway from the future comes back to 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 the to Voyager, right? She's in a stolen time shuttle, a ship specifically that travels through time and space. She's an old woman, gray haired. She's like 90 something, they say, or something like that. And basically the idea is Janeway travels back to the past and then says, look, present Janeway, here is how we are going to jump 90 years off of this 70 year trip, or, you know, 70 years off of this trip that you're on. And I can get you to the Federation today. And it's a moral thing in that sense of the crew has to decide whether or not to allow something that they think they, they feel is probably wrong mm -hmm. to happen. Or save their own lives from right. being on and this. And what happens is basically is future Janeway, who is totally off the rails, breaking the temporal time direct prime directive and all this other bullshit. Sure. She ends up basically connect she she basically uh if i remember correctly cajoles tricks does all these things to get to the fact and wipes out that trip but then would and then she disappears from because it kills her own timeline because it kills her own timeline so she does it to basically erase all of the things that happened uh that she's lived like through and it's yeah. yeah, it's 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 a weird one, but it's also kind of like the greatest thing about that is the saddest episode of Doctor Who just popped into my head because of you saying this. And what's that one? The one where um, Amelia Pond gets oh, yeah. stuck with and her husband age, Rory. Yes, and yeah, it, it only seconds pass for him. New York. Angels seconds in New York. Pass, yes. No, no, not Angels. It's the one where seconds pass for him. And she ages. Oh, that one. Yes. Oh, my God. And when I, they're on the, yes. And there's a future and version. And, and the doctor locks the future version of Amy out so that he can destroy that timeline. It's gut-wrenching. Gut oh, my God. She does such Oh, she does such good acting in that. Yeah, she really Old does. Old Amy is so amazing. You're right. You're right. That is the most. That is one of the. I remember it's a gut-wrenching episode. I remember it's, crying at the end of that. So, but dude, was that not a good episode? Uh, there's very few episodes of Doctor <laughs> Who I don't like. Sometimes when they get period piece, yeah, it's always a period piece. But when they do some of the like, I want eighteen hundred stuff, it gets annoying to me because for some reason I just don't care for that time period. Yeah. But I love uh, ninety nine percent of the time. I, I the, the episode that always makes me cry is the one when they go back to Vincent Van Gogh. That one. Yeah, that one's that one's, me. A, that one's a rough one too as well. All right, so just to be clear, who won this argument? <sighs> the fans. The fans won this argument. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, you mean me. 
I yes. win. Time travel is a great tool for great storytelling. However, sometimes it can be abused, and that's just bad storytelling. Rob, we end every episode with our famous catchphrase. It's one that we've done since the beginning. Uh, everyone knows it. Everyone loves it. Give us that catchphrase, buddy. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Well, I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. 